Hello, everyone. Welcome to Some Kind of Podcast. This is a podcast where we entertain you by discussing what entertains us. I'm Tim. I'll be your host this week. And I'm joined by, of course, always Cody. Hello. And Christian. Hey, yo. So, how are you guys doing this week? What you guys been getting into watching or playing or anything like that? Pretty much the same for me. Just a lot of Final Fantasy. Critical Role. Um... I did start Marvel Avengers. I haven't gotten far. I started it. Like the Last game. time we talked, yeah, you got game. like five minutes in. Yeah, I've gotten further than that. Still the same five minutes? No. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm in the desert, I guess, looking for the helicarrier. Okay, so you're a couple of missions in. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that means. So that meant nothing to me. I could have been the... You could have been like, yeah, I'm a little bit further in. And been only like 15 minutes in. Not no difference. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean spoilers, but the like I guess you're probably about a fourth of the way into the campaign. It's not that long. It's only about a ten hour long campaign, if that. Um, there's like a helicarrier that like went missing, and you got to go track it down in the middle of the desert. That's kind of it. I think. Um, did they tell you who you're looking for yet? That's supposed to be near the helicarrier. I mean, I I played the beta. Oh, okay, I didn't play the beta. Did the beta take place in this mission? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, I didn't want to spoil it for you. The beta um, kind of covered a lot. Oh, uh, okay. Sounds so, like yeah, the beta covered like 60% of the game. There's been additions since then. The beta covered 60% of the game? Sounds like it if it's really short. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Never played it. Never had any desire to play it. It's pretty. It Like, I, I don't... I don't hate the game. I hate that like it took the destiny route and there's like, I don't know. It feels like a not complete game. I hate when games decide to do like the pretty route, but don't have any kind of context to it. I feel like that's such a cop out. Like it's really pretty though. Yeah. I don't know. It, it like just so far my over my impression so far, not to get too far into this is that like it started off like it could have been, along the lines of like a spider-man game like it, it started setting it up like it it had the potential to be like a really cool long story but it sounds like it's just gonna kind of fizzle off so i mean i don't want to destroy the game and just prohibit you from even wanting to finish I'll it finish um, it i'll finish it regardless if it's short i mean but i mean it kind of fizzles out yeah like there's not really that much substance like i mean you you run into each character each character has has its own like introductory mission of like hey you found so and so now you're going to do this cool battle sequence and then you do a big battle sequence at the end when everyone assembles and then that's kind of it yeah wow way to bury the game christian yeah i know i know destroyed what about you speaking of that what sorry good i said what about you Christian, what about you? Um, so this past week, um, I haven't done a ton. Uh, I did play uh, for a few. <laughs> so I have a story behind this. I, I did start playing Cozy Grove. Um, I started playing that for about a few days. As we talked on last week's episode, it's kind of like a um, somewhat along the lines of Animal Crossing. Um, it's pretty much beat for beat, like the exact same game. It's just, you know, less focused on capitalism and racking up your like um, mm, your coins. And I it's supposed like- there's still a lot of capitalism in that game. 
US so, I mean, there is, but I mean, like Animal Crossing, you can't progress in the story unless you That's rack fair. up enough coins to progress in the story. So, in like in this, it doesn't do that. And what I really liked about it is, you know, like I, right at this point in time, like I'm kind of too busy to really play more than like two hours of a game per day anyway. And that's kind of about what it encouraged you to play. It was about an hour to two each day. And then you'd hit a wall where like, hey, you finished all the missions, come back tomorrow. And so for the first couple of days, that was fine. And then once you get a, first, a, few, a few days in, you start hitting these missions that are like, hey, it's probably going to take you a few days to actually complete this task. And that's where the game lost me because that destroyed the whole initial like thing that drew me in which was like hey i can come in do a couple missions and then bounce and then come back tomorrow but like i don't like like the completionist part of me does not like starting a mission and then being not able to finish it for like three or four days yeah that's where i was gonna get into like the the capitalism aspect of it because uh i recently i'm like i guess day seven in the game okay Girl? yeah Oh, uh, there's zero multiplayer to it. Um, you all, all you said was you were playing Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> uh, I, for, I forgot about Cozy Grove because it is unfortunately a forgettable game. Oh, um, I I've hit several walls in the game where it's like, oh, you want to progress? Well, you need ten thousand coins to upgrade the shop or your tent in order to do this one thing. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is yeah what I was hoping this didn't have. But then it was like, it gave me a quest. It was like, it was like a two parter and it was like, okay, I need you to get this cup from like a random villager by helping them. And it could take a few days. And it did. It took like two, two days and I got the cup and he was like, cool. Thanks. Now, if you could uh, get these things for me and it was like, okay, I didn't know how to get one of the items. So I Googled it. And it was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, you can't get that unless you upgrade the shop. And then yeah. there was nowhere in the game that it told you you had to do that. And it was like, well, I just upgraded my tent, so I have no money left. So, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's... it's If the game had stayed what it was from, like, day one through, like, day five, I would have kept playing it. Yeah by far but like once you hit around like the five six seven day mark it starts introducing a little bit more of those kind of like walls where like you have to do things for a certain amount of days before you can even complete a very basic mission that should really only be like a 10 15 minute mission um so that kind of lost me there i really don't know if i'll pick it up the other side of this is i know i asked cody who uh who did time travel back when animal crossing was after i beat it legitimately um, and so uh, we were talking about, it, and there's uh, trophies on Cozy Grove that require you to play in four different seasons, which of course, you know, I was like, I, I, even if I'd like this game and stayed liking, it, I would not be playing it like, you know, a year from now. Yeah. So I figured out a way to go into the PlayStation settings and change the date just to go and pop those because the rest of the trophies on the list, I was like, if I had to play this every day, an hour a day, I'm going to get the rest. But the seasons one, I was like, I need to cross that off. And I screwed everything up. <laughs> I'd like, I fast travel forward in time, got the, you know, the three trophies or whatever, came back to present day. And then I just couldn't do anything. Like it was stuck. Like I, I went, after I fast forward, it said I was on day like 12, 13 or something like that. And then when it came back, 
I played, went to sleep, woke up the next morning, and then loaded up the game again. And it said I was on the exact same day, but I was on like day eight. And it was like, it wouldn't go turned into nighttime. And I don't know, the whole game was messed up. So I Googled it, which I should have done before. And they were like, hey guys, we're an independent, uh, you know, indie game developer. Uh, we're not, you know, setting this game up to time travel. So just so you know, if you do it, it's probably going to corrupt your save. And uh, there's nothing we can do about it. And I was like, ah, good. Well so, done, bud. Well done. Yep. So at this point, if I want to continue Cozy Group, which I don't think I do. Gotta start um, over. Yep, I've got to start over. So are you um, going to finish it or no? I don't think there's really a finishing it. It's kind of like an Animal Crossing. Like there's a point. Well, where, like, get the platinum go... or whatever. Oh yeah, I, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think I'll be able to keep myself invested in it long enough to uh, actually make that happen. Yeah. I wanted to. I really did. But there's also like a crazy amount of trophies. Like I think the average like trophy list is like somewhere between like twenty to forty trophies. This game has like an indie you know game, fifteen dollar game on PSN is like has sixty four trophies on the list. Wow. Yeah. Intense. I'm pretty uh, sure everything I had had like 50, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, but then on the watching side of things, um, continuing to watch Office just kind of in the background while I, uh, Ashley and I are doing schoolwork and stuff. Um, and then I, st- I reopened Netflix because I realized I haven't opened up uh, it in like a long time. And so I started watching some other things just kind of in the background while I was doing other things. So I did, uh, I watched Thunder Force, which is like that new, like, superhero spoof movie on there it's really bad <laughs> um and then I, do, I started watching a documentary called uh, uh i think it's actually just called this is a robbery the world's largest art heist oh um so that was really cool i think it's like a four or five parter it's about a, a robbery that took place back in 1990 i think um where like a bunch of these paintings were stolen from this like famous uh, museum in boston and altogether they're collectively worth like 200 million dollars and to this date they still haven't been found and the uh, the people who stole the art still haven't been caught oh so wow it was really interesting yeah i didn't even know about it <clears throat> yeah no yeah I, I highly recommend it i don't know why but netflix has like really got the formula down if you're into watching documentaries which i am um they they really do it well interesting i might have to check that one out that that sounds pretty interesting yeah. Uh, I've just been watching Critical Role and playing Final Fantasy fourteen. I feel like that's all I've ever had time to do than now. <laughs> Maybe because an episode of Critical Role was somewhere between three and five hours, depending on. Depending on. What um, it's, I'm, I'm actually finding it like I enjoy watching it because obviously you know watching it is more of a, um, visually pleasing kind of thing. But I'm actually trying to more enjoy it as a podcast. Because as a podcast, while I can't see anything, um, I'm able to digest more because I can listen to it while I'm driving or while I'm doing stuff at work and things of that nature instead of like, like, because I went from, you know, I watched like 10 episodes in like a month, I think, to now I've watched like, watched slash listened to like 13 in like the last 10 days. Because it's just easier for me to listen to it, yeah. as opposed to watching it. I still think um, watching is the best experience, but well, no, wa- like definitely watching is the best experience. And there have been some points where, like, I've been listening and been like, right, I have to stop because what they're doing, I kind of need to see. But like, there's certain things where it's like, 
um it doesn't bother me as much like i listened to like when grog had his first fight i listened to it and it was just as fine and as as when i watched listen when i watched the rematch because there isn't really a whole lot you have to see to that um yeah. the um against the uh half work yeah yeah kern yeah um when he bites his lip off yeah he bites his lip off dude they just lost the, the spoilers they just like it's not like spoilers it's six years ago yeah it was six uh, years ago uh, they just lost the magic carpet, yeah. or well, they didn't really lose it. It lost its ability to fly. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. If there's anybody that listens critical, well, I think I'm getting my roommate into it too because I keep watching it when he's there. So I think he's starting to get into it himself. Um, it's a great show yeah, to get I've, into. I've been watching that and uh, playing Critical Role. Or uh, I've been uh late final fantasy uh i've been playing final fantasy and watching critical role which is great because i know off air or whatever you mentioned Cody, that it, it's kind of the best thing to do because you don't have to pay attention to final fantasy as, as much as that you can easily listen to critical role or watch it yeah on like another screen while playing final fantasy and i have done that a little bit just to like kind of do both and i kind of want to set my own campaign or one shot sometimes soon i want to give dming a try this guess what i'm trying to get at here so maybe i'll try to i don't know about a full campaign or anything because i don't know if i'm ready for that or not yet but i kind of have the broad general outline for a one shot so we'll see what happens with that <laughs> it could just be a pipe dream i don't really know no man i i think it'd be awesome to do um yeah. I'm, 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 I'm no matt mercer but who is nobody other is than matt, matt mercer, mercer. yeah uh... <laughs> I mean, DMing is a lot of responsibility, but I mean, I think it could be just as fun, if not more fun, than playing. Because essentially, you are playing. You're, I mean, you're playing. I'm playing everything else. Everything else. Yeah. So. Um. Anyway, I mean, if I wanted to, I mean, I know like, I could create an NPC that's just in your party, and technically, I'm playing with you guys. So. Yeah, uh, it, it's. I mean, that's way more on you than you need. Yeah. I think. Than no, any, I'm, I'm not. Any I'm, not DM needs. I'm not going to do that initially. I'm just saying in general. Yeah. Uh, anyway, moving forward, talking about things that we've also been watching. We've been watching uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So weekly spoiler alert. We're going to go into what the Falcon segment. Uh, so full spoilers. We will be talking about all things Falcon and the Winter Soldier up up through and in, up until and through episode five uh, called the Truth. So if you don't want anything potentially spoiled for you, if you haven't watched yet, this is your warning to pause it, watch it, and then come back and listen to us talk about it. Um, first things first, like I mentioned, the episode's called The Truth, but honestly, it should probably be called 30 Minutes of Montage Scenes because I feel like that's what half the episode was. Was I know that um, there was uh, two elongated ones. One was Sam and Bucky having bro time on a boat. And the other one was Sam playing catch with himself, but we'll talk about that here in a, in a second once we go through the episode. Um, episode starts off with uh, Bucky and Sam chasing down John Walker, Mr. Captain America himself, uh, shortly after murdering that dude. Uh, and they kind of confront him and say, hey, you should just kind of turn yourself in. He says, nah, champ, I'm not about that life. 
and then they get into a big old fight because uh, John Walker, even though at the, up at this moment you still haven't seen him take the super sur- super soldier serum, it's pretty much implied that he did, and he is indeed um, a super soldier now. Um, yeah. So I think the last yeah, episode. thoughts on thoughts on this because th- this is a pretty intense scene, and it all happens before the opening title is even shown. Yeah, as I said, I'm pretty sure it was um, confirmed. I guess when he was fighting in the last episode when he kicks the dude the super soldier like mm-hmm. across a room and down some stairs and the guy looks at him like oh crap and he's like yeah uh i think at one point they do they do ask like what did you do yeah um but yeah i mean uh i think the for me cuz i have like a weird i i can't i can do all kinds of blood and gore but when it comes to bones that's where i get squeamish yeah, so is it implied that he broke his arm? Oh, they there? broke it... the shiza out of his arm. Okay, because like, like I was split watching open. on my phone and it was a little bit dark, so I couldn't necessarily see what they did. But I heard they like cracked. Yeah, you know no, I mean? they they, they broke his arm and like bone came out of the like, like the the costume. Like it split okay, the costume I didn't see open. That part because like I said, it was it happened like if they showed it, it was really quick. Uh, they, I know my phone doesn't have the best, you know, brightness to it, so they destroyed his arm. Okay, I mean, I know it's in a cast later, so obviously it is implied that he did break his yeah. arm at some point. I just didn't see how it was broken. Uh, the one thing that really bothered me about that fight is that, based off the Winter Soldier's track record and all the stuff he's done solo mission wise, yeah, this guy was getting his butt handled to him by a guy who's just recently taken a serum. Well, think think about it this way. I, I initially I had the same thought you did, but like I I sort of like like I, I caught myself. Bucky is from like World War Two, right? He's from like the nineteen hundreds. And while yes, I, I mean, he had some brainwashing done. I don't think they ran him through Hydra bait, like boot camp, you know, and gave him like Kung Fu training. So in his head, he still only has that, you know, early it's 1900s military. Throwing haymakers. Right. So I feel like he just relied on brute force and his guns. When it came to all everything that he did, whereas John Walker has had modern military training and, you know, they do go through martial arts training and, you know, hand-to-hand combat and all that stuff. So technically he is more trained, more well-trained than Bucky is. And then you give him, you give him the serum on top of it. Yeah. And that, um, I guess that's what happens. Fun. Another major plot point that happens during this, well, there's two technically. Uh, first one um, is that Sam loses his wings. Uh, John Walker rips off the Falcon's wings, and so he is now wingless. And um, successfully, after much trying, Sam and Bucky do wrestle the shield away from John Walker, um, and Sam takes it and lets his nephews play with it later well, on in the episode. <laughs> I, I feel like they, he didn't let them. I feel like he put it in the bag and then uh, he, they all went to bed, and the kids woke up and went in and, like, took it out and were messing around with it. And yeah, then when... I get it. I was just being facetious. You know. Bucky um, saw that's him later like, on. Oh, crap. That's later on. Um, so after that, we kind of... The, the three people kind of, like, Sam, Bucky, and John all kind of go their separate ways for a little bit. Um, the first thing we see is Sam um, 
essentially taking the shield with him and almost sort of dropping the Falcon persona. It seemed to be, um, we'll get to that a little bit later on in the episode. Cause I have, I'm sure you guys are gonna have some theories about what happens at the end. Um, and then Bucky encounters Zemo, Baron Zemo, that was his name. Yeah. Um, at the, uh, I can't say Skolov. Uh, uh, God, now, now that you flubbed it, I can't say it. <laughs> Sokovia? Sokovia. Thank you. It's Sokovia. Oh. He's at the Sokovia Monument, uh, which is kind of where he alluded he might go to before. Bucky tracks him down there and he hands him over to uh, the Wakandans. I can't say the name of the group, but it's the women with the bald head. I, I can't say it. I tried. The Dora. <laughs> it, yeah, the I don't Menagerie. know. I just call them the Queen's Garden. Dora Milage. Dora Milage. The Dora Milage. Yeah. There we go. Thank you. Uh, he hands him over to them, and uh, they say, you might want to chill from coming to Wakanda for a little bit just because you kind of didn't help us a whole lot happen getting this guy back or whatever. I don't know. It was implied that he shouldn't go there for a while. Um, and then John Walker it goes back to capitol hill where he is not dishonorably just charged but not really honorably either they just say hey you're not in the military anymore and you're no longer captain america and you can't have any titles and all that stuff and he gets mad and walks away and they ask him for his shield and he's like nah champ and then because he doesn't have it and uh walks outside and meets this contessa lady who i don't know if we've seen her before she's new you have not okay um she kind of gets introduced. I can't remember her exact name. She she says she can call it Val, but she doesn't want to be called Val, but you can call her Val, but in your head, which is kind of weird. <laughs> I think that's supposed to be humorous, but it was kind of like, all right, well, you're a little bit of a psycho. Um, and she says she's going to get a hold of John to do some work and then gives him a blank card. And that's kind of where that storyline ends for this episode is she introduces herself and gives him a blank card this wasn't a marvel movie i would think that this person was just a crazy person that came up to john walker but i'm sure I'm, she has i'm for sure she has a higher purpose but you think she's from like uh magipore or whatever it is magipore so, or maybe uh hydra yeah so i did some research into her because i was curious yeah. uh her full name is contessa valentina allegra de fontaine yeah, see, I would have that. <laughs> that was the the really big name. And then you, she said, you can call me Val, but don't actually call me Val because I hate yeah. that. Um, so apparently she is like a triple agent. At one point in time in the comics, she worked for S.H.I.E.L.D. At another point, she worked for HYDRA, but she was ultimately always working for an alternate organization that was a rivaled HYDRA called Leviathan. Oh, okay. Um, and then apparently it's a it's a Russian spy agency, is what Leviathan is. Um and I think Hydra, of course, sure. is kind of insinuated in the MCU to at least have kind of started in Nazi Germany. It does. Hydra started in World War II. In fact, that's what the first Avenger is about. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was It was uh, Hitler's obsession with the paranormal. Yeah. Um, and s- Go ahead. I was just going to say, so the in an ideal world that, you know, where COVID didn't play effect on like Hollywood and when things come out came out, um, we were actually supposed to see her for the first time. She has an appearance scheduled for Black Widow, um, mm. but since Black Widow got pushed back out, uh, so much and it's going to come out and I think it's July now on Disney Plus and theaters. Yeah. Um, she was supposed to pop up in that first as our first kind of time seeing her because of course, you know, Black Widow's backstory is all Russian and she was mm. trained in the place called the Red Room, which uh, I guess the Leviathan either owns or has like a strong like tie in with. And so that's kind of where we were supposed to see her first, but it just oh, didn't play well, out that way. I think I mean, it'll still have that. 
yeah the effect a, you know it'll still have the impact yeah it's still not a bad introduction you know i mean obviously disney okayed it because they left it be as it is yeah maybe they rewrote it slightly to give less information maybe that's why it's just a blank card maybe if we had seen black widow the blank card would make more sense i don't really know um either way i still think it works um so going on from there, Sam goes home and reconnects with Sarah, his sister. Uh, they start working on the boat when Bucky shows up. Um, Bucky and Sarah might have a little bit of romance going on. I don't know. It was sort of implied that Bucky was attempting to flirt with her, maybe, which Sam obviously wasn't a fan of. And that introduces us to our first montage of all of them trying to fix this boat, which I feel takes like up a third of the episode of them montaging to fix this boat um and things of that general ilk um going on from that john walker meets with lamar which is Battlestar's. um lamar is Battlestar. he meets with his parents uh and tells them that he killed the person that killed their son which obviously isn't true because carly morgenthau killed uh Battlestar, not that dude that he decapitated yeah but he feeds them their lies and goes about his way he's kind of just in his feels for most of the episode because he's been discharged and everything um so that's essentially where we kind of leave john for a little bit um bucky and sam become bffs while fixing a boat that's kind of all that happens and then after that montage with bucky and sam and all that stuff Sam gets his own montage where he's training and doing flips and trying to catch Captain America's shield because they put up bouncing pads or something on trees so he they can learn. They, they, it was almost like when Bucky and Sam were doing it, it was almost like they were playing catch with like a baseball with each other. They were playing like frisbee. Just, yeah, it was really it was really kind of weird, but I guess kind of a cool bonding moment um, where Sam's just trying to get in like incredible shape, I guess, to be able to wield the shield. Um, and then Carly Morgenthau kind of gets some more followers and takes over the G R G N R C or G R C. I can't remember which one. It's the G R C. Yeah. Um, takes over the uh, G R C vote for whatever they're trying to do that she's not a fan of, and that kind of sets up the final act of Falcon Winter Soldier. But before we go to the credits, um. One of the things that Bucky asked the Wakandan people for was this box that he gives to Sam. Sam opens it, and the credits start. So, guys, what's in the box? Well, so I guess I missed the implication that he wasn't supposed to go back to Wakanda. No, they straight up say don't come back to Wakanda for a little bit. They told him to lie low. Uh, Oh, well, I I guess I heard the lie low, but I didn't know that pertained to Wakanda. I'm pretty sure they, they say Lilo from Wakanda for a while, but I don't remember. I got the same interpretation. I don't remember the exact phrasing, but I, I, I got it as the, them kind of telling him to stay away for a little bit because tensions were high. Oh, see, I, I guess it, either I heard it wrong or whatever. I guess in my head I, I took it as like like lay low and, you know, like be safe kind of thing, not a like don't don't come around these here parts. I definitely took it as a, like a, hey, you know, you might got a little bit of beef with us or some of the people in Wakanda right now. So why don't you just hang out and chill and I'll let you know when it's cool to come back. Yeah. That's what I got, at least. I guess the reason I didn't get that is because he was like, hey, I got a favor. And they just did it without question. 
Well, I mean, they, he's done a lot for the Wakandans. I mean, he stayed over there for a long time. They call him the White Wolf. That's and they're what, obviously that's, friendly. Well, that's but, why like, I was like, I didn't. I guess I, I, like, I didn't catch the beef. Well, he kind of like burned some bridges by not handing over Baron Zemo or not helping them either. Like he actively fought against them to protect him at one point. Did he? I I, I think he fought Cap. I need They're to re- I need big... to rewatch those episodes because honestly, like either way, he wasn't helping them. Well, no. Yeah, so during during the big like room fight where Zemo kind of slipped away, they came to collect him at that point, and so there was a big disorder. Kind of everyone was fighting each other because yeah, they throw a spear and he catches it. He stops them. Yeah, does I don't he not? I, I'm pretty I, sure he does. I think he stops them from killing someone. I don't know. I uh, I need to rewatch them. I I just I probably I don't just think saw he has it wrong. Any beef with the Wakandans. I think they're just like, hey man, we need a little bit of time because you burnt some bridges trying to protect this bastard that we're trying to get. Yeah, I don't know. I guess the only reason I I didn't get that is because they just like, and this leads into what I think is in the box. Uh, I think there is a vibranium suit slash wing combo for Sam in that box, and in my. I guess in my head, like if they had any kind of beef, why would they give Bucky, um, you know, anything vibranium outside of Wakanda to not only give to another person, but just like in general, if they have any kind of. That's what I'm saying. Like, I I don't beef. think that I don't think that they're like we hate you now. I think they're just saying like, hey man, that was kind of jacked up what you did. How about you give us some space for a little bit. Well, yeah. To that, to that note, like if 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 we had beef, right, of, of any kind, and you were like, we need some space, I wouldn't be like, hey, bro, uh, I need you to drive me to work tomorrow. Yeah, so, you. But, or can you, you can you, you lend me your car? It, you'd ask. You would still ask. I'd no, still if, if you were like, give me space, I wouldn't be like, hey, man, I need to borrow your car. So to be fair, I think that when they're talking about like the beef and like, hey, give us some space, I think they're talking about like the governmental, like overarching society of Wakanda. And then on a personal level, he's asking this person who's been a part of his life for a good time, good portion of time now to, hey, can you do me this favor and ask? I'm assuming. Yeah, like the people. Of he had to have asked Sheree to make that. something. Like the people of Wakanda may not be digging him right now, but this other person doesn't seem to still have a problem with them. Yeah. You can hook him up. I don't know. Anyway, so you think it's a suit in there? I think I think it is either a a suit wing combo or just new wings for Sam. Okay, what and about you? It could it could be like the Captain America with wings, you know, like yeah, since he seems to be uh, adopting the mantle or at least accepting that the shield is his. Christian, your thoughts? Yeah, so, I mean, like, I know you, that, you know, you brought up kind of one of the things um, that, you know, it, it, it was kind of one montage after the next, and like we kind of talked about briefly before the podcast started up today, is that, you know, it, it did feel kind of like a finale episode, despite there being an actual finale episode after this, because it seemed to kind of bring everything a little bit to a close. But I think what they were trying to do, and the reason they focused so much on the shield, and then throwing it around, I mean, like, one, you know, him training up, course because he's never really used the shield before but um also just kind of what it symbolizes and like you know what the what it represents to various people depending on their background and their personal experience well okay not to interrupt you here but i guess we could bring because you're kind of already kind of touching about there was a scene that i forgot to mention between sam and isaiah bradley the other winter soldier where they talk about you know 
a lot of racial issues in America, which is probably a good thing. Right. Uh, and Isaiah Bradley brings up that they would never allow a black person to be Captain America. And I think he says no self-righteous black man would ever want to be Captain America, <laughs> which I guess Sam kind of takes it as a like, well, I'm going to show you wrong kind of thing. Yeah. So after that scene, that's kind of where I was going next. The uh, I thought that where they were going with that, because in a previous episode, I think it was even uh, Carly Morgenthau, the leader of the Flag Smashers, that said, hey, that like, that shield does not represent what most people think it represents. Mm -hmm. If anything, it should be destroyed. So after that conversation, I was like, oh, maybe they're just going to like straight up dismantle the shield and just well, say nobody even, should have it. In the, in the what happened on previously in the beginning of the episode, they, they, they play that specific scene where she said that if anything, that shield should be destroyed. Yeah. And so, and I, I think that was kind of maybe to put viewers in that mindset of like, hey, maybe that's where the plot's going. And I think that's kind of where Sam's headspace was at for at least a, a part of the episode when he was kind of at the boat, just kind of, you know, hanging out with his family, trying to put his mind, uh, wrap his mind around kind of where to go and with the shield, what to do with the shield. And I think for a portion, he might have been considering either dismantling it or just allowing nobody to have it and like bury it somewhere. I think he might have even been considering giving it to Isaiah Bradley. That's kind of where initially I thought that scene was going. I think, I think that's that was what his intention there to do. Yeah. 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 And then when it's he like, said, uh, no, you you're the last real true super soldier. This belongs with you. And he's clearly like, I don't even want that. Yeah. yeah. And so I think it's cool that, you know, Sam's now kind of taking the mentality of, you know what, I'm going to make it become something different than what Isaiah believes that it is, which I think is cool. Well, this yeah. whole, this whole season, I mean, show, I guess, um, has been very politically charged and, uh, relevant to things happening in the real world. Um, with racism and uh, inequality. And I feel like in some ways it was like, you know, like Isaiah representing like a, an old way of thinking and Sam representing like, I get that, but I want change. Yeah. And he, and Isaiah's like, it, it'll never change. And Sam's like, I'll make it change. Which is, I think, how a lot of people feel today. I mean, he kind of, he kind of touches on that when he's talking with his sister too, like the yeah. "I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna show you" kind of thing. Yeah, and 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 the conversation with him and Bucky, and how, you know, Bucky did confirm in the episode that he and Cap discussed that he knew Cap was gonna stay back in time. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, um, they do mention. They that. do finally confirm that Bucky knew the whole time that Cap wasn't gonna come back, um, and that he was gonna give the shield to sam um and he even says you know like we never considered you know like about like what what it would mean to put the shield in the hands of a black man and how you know how could they know that and yeah. they were that he apologized for for assuming that you know it would have been the same if he had handed it to any white guy i guess yeah i mean it, it makes sense because I mean, I guess at the end of Endgame, Bucky is kind of like, go on. like So it, it makes sense because yeah. he had to have well, known. Like, I was always like, so did he know? And they finally confirmed that. So that was good. That's good. I totally, I totally missed that part. <laughs> Skip right on past that yeah. part. Was there a little heart to heart before they like. It's when they were like playing catch with the shield. Yeah, yeah. And then right before he like left and they were like, yeah, no, we're, we're, we're friends. I mean, not friends. We're partners. I mean, uh, coworkers. Uh, we're just two guys. Uh, we're just two dudes. <laughs> two guys. In a shield. In a shield, yeah. So, 
um i did think it was cool um the end credit scene you know oh yeah so i didn't see the end credit scene because i didn't realize there was one but christian before we got on told me that there was so yeah i uh I, after I missed the one in WandaVision the first time, I, every, every single time I fast forward a little bit just to see if there is one. Um, and so go ahead, Christian, because I haven't seen it. So I don't know how to comment on this. It was very brief. Um, it was just hinting at and kind of showed like a quick little, like, you know, photo lapse period of, um, John Walker, I guess down in like a basement or something, kind of putting together a a shield and an outfit to kind of go to battle. I, yeah. I'm assuming against Sam and Bucky. So yeah, uh, yeah, he was like forging a a shield, but I'm assuming out of like iron or something. Yeah, uh, definitely wasn't vibranium. not vibranium, so it's vibranium. not going to have you know the same effect. But I feel like it, it's more to him specifically. It's more about the symbol of it. Um he might even try and give that to the government and be like, here's your shield. <laughs> Maybe It'd be interesting. Cause I mean, like he's got the super serum on his side. I mean, the super strength and everything, but I mean, like if it's metal, it's going to break against vibranium. So it's also he's not going to bounce and come back to him. I mean, that shield can withstand Thor's hammer. So ain't no yeah. metal. Gonna like I, I'm pretty sure the vibranium is the reason the shield like bounces and comes back. Be- yeah, I mean, the vibranium, the material. like, every time he gets hit by something, it gets harder. Yeah, so, like, if he tries to throw that shield, it's not going to bounce back to him. Yeah. It's just going to be, be interesting. the equivalent of someone just chucking a hunk of metal at somebody. Like, it'll probably kill him, maybe, but it shouldn't come back to him. It's not, it's not a vibranium frisbee. Well... Yeah. I also agree with you, Cody, that I think it's like a Captain America suit with wings or something in it, you know, something to tie in the fact. I don't know about wings. I don't know. I, I... Well, the fact that they got the whole Black Panther suit and a necklace, I feel yeah. like they could fit wings inside of a little box. Yeah, true. You know, the my, my main thing about him not having wings anymore was the fact that that scene when he was in the hangar talking to his fellow military guy. And he was like, you know, are you going to take your wings with you? He's like, nah, you're going to have them. Yeah. Just yeah like, walks away from cool it. With it. Like, it's almost like he wants to drop. I mean, that's also the point. Like, it's early in the episode where, like, he doesn't even know what he wants to do anymore. So, you know, at first I was like, oh, is he finally going to drop the moniker of the Falcon and just take up Captain America? But maybe he won't ever fully be Captain America. Well, maybe so he'll just be I have, Captain Falcon. <laughs> I have my theory on that. Um because one, it kind of irked me uh, that whole episode because like he was in that military base with the shield out. Yeah. And he left his wings and again, I, th- I think the whole episode was him like accepting that the shield was his. Maybe not the moniker of Captain America, but the shield was given to him by um, Steve Rogers and uh, what's-her-face uh, Val Cortez uh, countessa or whatever um Mm -hmm. brings up that the shield doesn't technically belong to the government yeah that is a good point she does say that the shield technically technically it's from wakanda government yeah it's from wakanda and it was made and it was made for steve so technically it's not the u.s government's yeah so well actually no wakanda didn't well maybe that i don't know the first the first shield was from tony stark (laughs) 
Yeah, no, not Tony or Stark. Howard Stark. Stark's dad, Howard Stark. Yeah, made he got vibranium first. and made the shield. Yeah. There's vibranium in Wakanda. Yeah. But it was made for Steve. Regardless, it never, yeah, it, it doesn't belong to the government. It was made by Howard Stark, not by the U.S. government. Yeah. And it was made for Steve Rogers. Yeah, so yeah. it is not the U.S. government's property. Um. Anyway, so. Technically, which I guess technically Sam did give it up. So technically it kind of is U.S. property, but not really. Yeah, not really. Um. So I think he's going to take up the moniker of nomad because or, or, uh, sorry, Sam or John Sam. I mean, I could see either one, but captain America in that comics, if I'm remembering correctly from like the four that I've read when he, uh, <laughs> like is, I don't know what the, like divorces the U S government. Um, for whatever reason he becomes nomad like he drops the the captain america and becomes nomad okay and since steve rogers isn't in the picture anymore i could see them making sam nomad because i feel like the moniker of captain america has to come from you know the government yeah well we still have another episode to find out, and um, I guess you know when we get there next week, we'll have time to talk about it then. But kind of moving on, um, I'm gonna ask you guys kind of about your favorite uh, entertainment segment again. We did this uh, last week where we all talked about some of our favorite moments in video games, TV shows, movies, and anime. Um, so Christian, let's start with you, bud. What's, what's some of your favorite moments in those categories? Sure. Yeah. Um, so kind of, so last week, you know, I chose God of War, Kratos versus Balder for the video game kind of moment. Mm-hmm. And I leaned really hard into fights last week. So I tried to, uh, go a little bit away from that and shake it up a bit. Um, I was also trying to think back to, you know, one of my favorite parts or my favorite moment and Ratchet and Clank franchise, since it's probably my all-time favorite franchise, or at least up there. Um, and so, like, I guess it's not necessarily a moment, but just kind of an aspect of the game. So in Ratchet and Clank, the series, if you've ever played any of them, the, like, the, ma- the staple part of the game is just always having crazy weapons that do all sorts of crazy things. One spews fire, one spews, you know, a bunch of, like, smaller robots that'll again, then run and, like, blow things up. And so my all-time favorite weapon in any Ratchet and Clank game is this thing called Mr. Zergon. Have you guys ever played it before? Mm-mm. I can't remember. Nope. No. No. Okay. So there's this little like machine that you can. Um, I mean, it's, it's listed as a weapon, but like it comes up beside you. It's almost like a little mini turret thing that floats next to you, and it's called Mr. Zergon. But it has like all these crazy one-liners. And one of my, I so I put one down here. And it has like this really funny like robotic voice as it says all this. Um, so like as you're like going through battle, it's like you know just spewing off these one-liners next to you, and so it was always kind of really comedic to me. Um, so it says one of them was killing stuff is so much fun. Do da do da. Zircon kill stuff all day long. Oh do da day. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I mean like another example of this is uh, like the one of the I guess like end game guns that you that keeps coming back is this, again a gun called the Rhino, which is uh, like an abbreviated term for rip you a new one. <laughs> so like it's <laughs> it's got all these really cool guns in it. Um, and Mr. Zircon's been there for I don't it wasn't in the original game. I want to say Ratchet and Clank going Commando. I think is where it first popped up. 
Um, okay. So anyway, that's my kind of moment from that series that I really like about. Well, hopefully it's in the new game. Yeah. Now I highly, ex- I really hope that it is. Um, I feel like they kind of recycle at least like three to four guns and they kind of bring them back and kind of change them up a bit. But Mr. Zircon's been the staple of the franchise for a while now. So, um, but yeah. Uh, and so for TV, TV show slash movie, uh, since we've been watching, rewatching the office, um, I, I laugh at hysterically at it each time. Um, the it's like the intro to one of the episodes. Cold open. I know exactly what you're it's talking a cold about. Cold open. I think it's in season five. It is also it is my the favorite. Greatest cold open of all time. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, Dwight decides to like put everyone on edge by doing like a fire test simulation Today, thing, and then like smoking it is res- going to save lives. <laughs> it results in end up like giving Stanley a heart attack. But the part that absolutely floors me every time is when Oscar like jumps yeah, up into the, the ceiling and starts running away and Angela grabs her cat and so like yells, save, save bandit! bandit. <laughs> throws him up. Take me with you. It's like, there's not enough. You weigh too much. It's like, I only weigh 89 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> save bandit! Yeah. I'm like when like like Oscar's feet come yeah. through and he's just like dangling there. <laughs> uh, it's the best opening of that show ever. It's the best cold opening ever. One hundred percent. I remember when I first watched that, I was I was in tears. Yeah, we, we, my family like we legitimately go back and just watch the opening. Mm-hmm. Sometimes <laughs> like it's just it's so good. Like I I I think the only one for me that like touches that one is probably like. Uh, I think it's when they're at like the saber, like they're in Florida, and yeah. Jim's awake at like four a.m. and so he stages the room to look like he was uh, murdered. That's a good one. That's, I think that's like my second favorite. But my second favorite one is when Jim dresses like the Dwight. <laughs> that's a good one. Or um, when uh, what's his face? Uh, the dude from Wandavision and Ant Man, the FBI agent. The, the Asian guy, Henry Wu or oh, oh Jimmy Wu, Jimmy Wu. Um, oh, when, name, when, when he but... when he gets there and he's pretending to be Asian Jim, Asian Jim. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so good. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Christian. You started talking. Anyway, about sorry. Didn't mean it. Yeah. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, so yeah, and then my final pick. Uh, this one is another fight uh, for anime. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and do mine for My Hero Academia, my favorite anime. Uh, this one's actually from the first movie that came out a couple years back, Two Heroes. It's where All Might and Deku actually team up against the villain in the film called Wolfram, and so it's the only time on screen that you ever see them actually both utilize uh, one for all at the same time. Nice. Probably ever will. Um, so they do the, like a double Detroit smash on Wolfram, and so it's it's funny though because it's like up until that point and even till you know current day and the season five that we're on now uh deku still can't use one for all at like full capacity because it'll like you know completely destroy him mm-hmm. and so in the film they go to this like you know high tech island where they're you know investing all this money in all this like new tech and everything that like enables you like enhances your powers and this one girl that deku runs into creates created this gauntlet that's supposed to allow him to use his uh quirk um, at full capacity and so of course you know like an anime staple here it's a one-time use thing where you know you can only do it once um and of course he utilizes it in the end uh, end boss fight in the movie 
Um, but it's really cool. Um, it's probably my top uh, fights. I was trying to reflect on, it was choosing between this one and then Deku versus Muscular was also one of my other ones, but I chose this one just because it has all my and Deku in it. So. Mm-hmm. All right, Cody, what about you? Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, for video game, look, uh, at this point, if you didn't see it on Facebook or YouTube or whatever, like, I don't know what to tell Spoilers. you. The game came out, what, like a I year and a half ago? I knew this was going to happen before the game even came out. Yeah, I, I did too. Um, but it was one of those things where, like, I I knew it was going to happen, but I didn't know how it was going to happen. So, like, yeah. it, it, it didn't bother me too bad. Uh, but that's The Last of Us 2, uh, Joel's Death. And <laughs> the reason that that is one of my favorite moments... As as messed up as that sounds, uh, is that it's more because Naughty Dog took that risk. Yeah, like my it's it's my favorite moment solely because of the risk that the the studio took in that moment. Like they knew that this was going to piss a lot of people off and it did. But like it made the story super deep, mm-hmm. and it and it it gave you all kinds of reason to hate Abby, and then they like flip it on you when you play through the second half of the game as Abby, and you see why uh, she hates Joel and all this other stuff, and it's like, it's just uh, it, it it makes the game, it, it makes you feel so conflicted playing through the game. Which is why I love Naughty Dog because they do stuff like that and yeah, yeah. like I I'm not I, I don't like that Joel died, but I I like that the studio took that risk and despite you know like knowing that it was gonna anger people, uh so I, that was a that was a good one. Um, yeah, I uh, so I really liked that scene, and it had the same impact on me. The one thing, the grievance I had against it, what I, it came like just a couple years after the like iconic scene from Walking Dead that was almost like the exact yeah. same situation, and I the, was the, like, the Negan changed it a little bit. Yeah, it was very Negan esque. Yeah. Um, the I think truly though, what set it apart was the shotgun to the leg. Oh yeah, <sighs> that was rough. Um, Tim, you should really play these games. They're so good. I played The Last of Us, but not Part Two. No, I played Part Two. Yeah, you should. I mean, if it goes on sale, I'll pick it up. But I don't want to drop sixty bucks on something that I don't know if I'm gonna like or not. You'll like it. I know, but like, there's so many other. We're gonna talk about, it, but there's so many <laughs> other things I need to play. Yeah. That's why. That's why I said it. Yeah. Um. Uh. So for my TV movie, uh, I picked a scene from season two of the Mandalorian uh, comes in, I guess it's chapter 14. I forget which episode it is in season two. Um, it's, um, it's called the tragedy. Um, episode six, because there's eight episodes in the season. Okay. Um, and it's the moment when uh, Mando and uh, I forget her name. The chick that he thought he killed. Yeah, I don't know who you're I talking about, but sure. The Asian lady. 
Yeah, I know. I know who you're talking about. But okay, okay. Sniper, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the sniper. I yeah. can't. I can't remember her name to say. I know who you're talking about though. Uh, they're like pinned down on that hill, getting swarmed by stormtroopers, and then you just hear the briefest moment of a jetpack, and then grenades fall and explode, and then just Boba Fett being a badass shows up in his armor, looking hefty, and just mm-hmm. <laughs> murders a bunch of stormtroopers, and then kobe's a shot with his with his rocket on the jetpack and takes out both of the The best part about that scene is that they they cut the music out so you hear like him like everything yeah oh so good and i'm a huge boba fett fan and that was are you you didn't buy that one thing that that one guy said (sighs) you need to buy (laughs) not gonna bring up names but i wanted to i wanted to just like in that moment i've never wanted to reach across a counter and like pluck someone's eyes out more in my life uh, to be fair, it was oh. like a, it was like a Lego Star Wars. It was, it was Disney Infinity. Disney Plus. Yeah, Disney Infinity. Infinity. And, <laughs> and I was like, yes, yeah, Disney Plus. Uh, and like they had that big Star Wars thing, and it and it came with a uh, a Boba Fett figure, which I actually have. Okay. Uh, I don't have Disney Infinity. I got the little figure off like, uh, Amazon yeah. or whatever. Anyway, Cody really wanted the figure, which he now has. Yeah. So. Anyway. Uh, I didn't buy the thing, and the dude told me I wasn't a real Fett fan, but not in like a joking way, in like a douchebag way. Yeah, like I get he was trying to make a sell, but he did not approach it correctly. No, like I instantly infuriated. So, oh. Anyway, anyway, big Boba Fett fan. So like that moment hit home. Like it was it was cool when he showed up in the first place. Mm-hmm. That was great. In episode but, one, when you see this back, you're like, That's yeah. But when he showed up in the armor. When when he he left like the fighting went to the ship before it blew up, got his armor and then came like oh it was so good, yeah. Um. And so for anime, um, with I went with the Attack on Titan episode. I don't know how they do their seasons. It's really weird. Like it's like part one and two of certain seasons, but. According to Funimation, it happened in season three. Mm. Um, it's episode fifty-four, uh, and it's like the beginning of the episode. It's like five minutes in, and it's when Levi absolutely shreds the giant, like hairy Titan, Beast Titan. Yeah, the Beast Titan. Thank you. Uh, just like full-on, like Goku scream, just goes absolutely crazy and just destroys him. Yeah, I love how this uh, this series kind of like portrays Levi as just like this chosen prodigy of a, a Titan Slayer. That, like, you never only see he could it. Actually, take down a Titan. He like you never see it. You see him move quick like a couple times, but this is the first time that he went like nuts. Oh yeah, and it was like, great. Defied gravity as he just diced the Beast Titan up. Like oh, it was so good. Uh, and the fact that it's Matt Mercer just you say like is he not voiced by Matt Mercer? Yeah, so it was it was even better. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Tim? Um. So for video game, I know Christian brought up God of War last week, but I'm doing it this week because it's my favorite franchise. Uh, so I'm also doing the 2018 version. And the 2018 version of God of War, you know, in the original series before this reboot, Kratos had his Blades of Chaos as his main weapon. He had other things, but it was mainly the Blades of Chaos that he used. Um, but when the reboot happened, 
it was kind of like okay it's a new area a new realm new rules and all that stuff it was a different kind of gameplay so everything was vastly different the only thing was really um the same from the original one was that you played as kratos um so you use this leviathan axe which is more uh in line with um the, the tool that you would use in like the viking uh era or whatever um then at one point something happens to atreus and you have to go get him and you uh like go to like this the game, scene where you huh it's like towards the end isn't it it's like in the middle-ish towards it's like the last like the second third or second it's like the third act like the last third of the game yeah. the last third of the game yeah. yeah you get on this boat and you start hearing stuff that happened in the other game and then you go back to the starting area and there's the blades of chaos and like a floorboard and then you get to use them and uh it's like the coolest moment in the whole entire game yeah, i don't I mean, care you, what people you're, think no you're you're 100 right i mean you ride up in the boat and i'm pretty sure you talk to athena yeah i think so or you hear her you hear i think you might see her but, yeah uh but either way like she's supposed to be dead so that's nuts uh all yeah. the gods of of the Greek mythology are supposed to be dead. Earth was dead, yeah. So the fact that she's there in any capacity, whether it's just in his head or whatever, is is great. But like, what got me, what gets me the goosebumps every time, is just hearing the the deep Latin, uh, oh like yeah, God of War music start slowly building, destroying all that stuff, yeah. <laughs> and then and then you and you start fighting, and it's just like old school God of War, just oh. Yeah, so the good. first time I used it, I was like, I'm using the blade to chaos, and, and then you just get to keep them as your weapon yeah. throughout the rest of the I game. I didn't use the axe anymore. No, no, no. Like, I only use the axe if I had to like freeze something. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> you gave me the best weapon of Ever. any of them. Why yeah. would I not use the blades of chaos? They do everything. And to be to be fair, like, there's a slight little tease about the blades of chaos when you look at the bandages when yeah. he wraps it up in the beginning of the game but it's not mentioned at all ever at any point in this game up until this moment yeah it was it was it was a, it was a thing from his past that he didn't want to talk about or tell his nope. i guess at the time wife uh he doesn't and, even mention that he still has them yeah he doesn't he doesn't mention it to the kid uh i mean it's hell he doesn't talked about he doesn't even tell atreus that that they were gods until like the end of the game. Yeah. So just it, it, oh, it, such it, a good moment. Such a good moment. Um, so for TV movie, um, I picked rogue one. Um, I like rogue one. Rogue one was a good movie, but the moment I'm talking about is the moment you all know I'm about to talk about at the end of the movie, after they or blow up whatever planet that they were on to get those plans. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, they're trying to deliver the plans and there's like a little like a little space battle and a little fight and then they dock somewhere and there's a hallway and it's just pitch black that's all you see at first and then you hear the and then the lightsaber hits and it's just this illumination of Darth Vader and then there's just 3 minutes of him just murdering everybody in front of him and it's glorious i lost my ever-loving mind in the theater when that happened because you don't expect him to be in it at all no the fact that there's it... no notion of anything until this one it's just a black hallway yeah. you don't even know what's happening and then you just hear the the breathing uh, the fact that it, it literally leads directly into a new hope was fantastic yeah 
Yeah. So like I like Rogue One, and then that scene happened, and then I loved Rogue One. <laughs> yeah, my my pick was my my original pick was that or um the mirrored scene in Mandalorian when Luke shows up and has his own hallway yeah. scene because it's essentially mm-hmm. the same scene just with Luke and droids. Mm-hmm. That's a good one too, as he's fighting through all those droids. Yeah. Get to the deck. But I think Vader's yeah. was way more. Well, yeah, because I wasn't expecting Vader. When when the X-Wing showed up, I was like, oh, it's going to be Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I I was like, it's either Ahsoka or Luke. Not that I didn't mind it, but they could have picked any other Jedi other than Luke Skywalker. It should have been Cal Kestis or Kestis or whatever. It should have been a Jedi Fallen Order. They could have bridged the gap. Yeah. Especially because the actor does the actor of Cal Kestis. Yeah, he looks just like him. Yeah, he's there. He's not a made-up character. He's not just like some drawn person. They could have done that, person. or they they even at could have thrown a hail mary and gone with uh, Sam uh, Whit, whatever I can't say his last name Whitmer or something like that. Uh, the guy that is Star Killer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. could have they could have made Star Killer canon. That would have been cool. I'm not gonna lie, that would have been cool. That would have been so awesome. Yeah. But it went with Luke, and that's fine. But anyway, Vader shows up at the end of Rogue One, and it's really cool. That's my favorite, the one of my favorite movie scenes for this little thing that we're doing right now. Yeah. And then for anime, I originally picked the character Death the Kid from uh, Soul Eater, but Cody told me I had to pick a moment, and Death the Kid isn't a moment because he's a character. Because I can't pick a favorite Death the Kid moment. We can Death have another Kid. segment that's favorite characters in, in, in entertainment. That's too much. That's too much. Uh, Death the Kid is my favorite character. For those of you who've never watched Soul Eater, uh, Death the Kid is essentially Death reincarnated um, as a kid, as he's like a teenager. Um, so they just call him Kid, but he's his full name is Death the Kid. Um so, but for a moment, since I had to pick one, right at the beginning, he's going to the Deathmeister school, which he doesn't even have to go to. He's really just going to because he's bored. Uh, and he shows up, and there's this kid named Blackstar that picks a fight with him, and they get in this really cool epic battle, and Death Death the Kid can't die, and he almost kills Blackstar, um, but then gets interrupted by his father, who is Death, actual Death. Yeah, like the Grim Reaper. Yeah, like like the Grim Reaper is yeah. his dad, but he's just reincarnated of his dad. So go figure it out. It's a good show. But um, since I couldn't just pick Death the Kid because I like I love Death the Kid, I picked uh, that Death the Kid versus Black Star. Also, moment. shout out to Black Star who fights Mafune, who is the sword god, who I almost picked as one of my favorite fight scenes. But there's three of them, and I couldn't pick which one I like more. Yeah. <laughs> So, but yeah, those are my favorite things. So, uh, cool. Well, moving forward with that, we're going to get into our main topic today, which we kind of hit on a little bit earlier, um, was backlog games. Um, so, as I'm sure you guys have um, quite the backlog of games, um, would you happen to know how many backlog games you guys have? too many to count honestly yeah um if i had to 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 just venture a guess i i don't want to say say backlog games i mean a game you bought with the full intention of playing 
and then for whatever reason, never did. Right. Or never finished. I'm definitely in double digits. Yeah. I think I'm only around like seven, six, somewhere in jealous. there. Yeah, I'm really jealous. But like my own personal philosophy on it is that like, hey, I'm not going to buy this because I've got this. Now, do games that you've started and intended to go back and finish count as well? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm definitely in double digits. Like, anything that you wanted to either bought with the intention of playing, like, like I want this game, I'm going to buy it, or started, and then for whatever reason, didn't finish. Yeah. Yeah, there's a You're lot. not including games that, like, we started, hated, and then knew we were never going to finish. No. No. Okay. no. No. I'm talking about, like, as we sit here right now, you still have a desire to finish this game, but for whatever reason, you've neither started nor finished it. Best example for both of us is probably Immortals Phoenix Rising. Well, not for me. Yep. For me and Christian. But example for me, and I know you're going to hate me for this, example for me is going to be the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. Which I own, but I've never... Well, at this point, uh, you might as well just wait a month or two and get Integrate. I am. And <laughs> I am. And then play that. Because I got I, I didn't I never paid for the never paid for Final Fantasy Seven. I got it for free, but um I mean no, I might as well just wait and get integrated now with the whole thing. Compete yeah. with the new stuff and whatever they're gonna do going forward. Um but that's probably like one of my uh titles that's on there. Like another one that's on there. So I'm gonna ask you guys this question here in a second. It's like what are some of those games on there that like you were surprised? are on your backlog list so for me like final fantasy 7 remake is on there um i've always wanted to play the witcher 3 and i've started it a bunch of times and there's kind of a funny story about how i almost got somebody fired for that um oh yeah we can't actually tell that story but i'm not gonna tell that story though um but yeah there was that so uh final fantasy 7 remake the witcher 3 um i mean I have like a whole bunch on Steam that I haven't even touched yet, including things yeah. like, you know, Alan Wake and uh, Coder 2, because I've played Coder 1 and it was so awesome, but Coder 2 kind of, like, I want to I wanna play it, but it's not as good as Coder 1. Um, but yeah, so like, I'm definitely in the high double digits. Like, I want to talk like, I'm like 30. Yeah. I probably have like 30 games. Um but yeah, those are some of like the surprises that are in my backlog category. What about you guys? Like, what are some games that you would like? I don't know why I never got around to playing this or finishing. Um, well, some of them I know why I never got around to finishing, like Immortals: Phoenix Rising, and unfortunately, that's because of Assassin's Creed. Um, so, like, are you going to go finish it or not? Yeah, I'm going to. Gonna... Okay, I am going to. I just don't know when I'm going to. It, it is in my my list like i fully intended to play it like i bought the uh the gold edition like with all the dlc i mm-hmm. every intention of finishing that game i just by the way all three assassins i say three because like i feel like origins odyssey and valhalla were like almost their own three standalone kind of games all of those three are in my backlog as well um i almost considered odyssey to be in my backlog but i'll never finish it mm. um but like I mean on Steam I think I have like Dragon Age Inquisition. Like some of those games yeah. that like I started and like I, I didn't immediately like it, so I put it on the back burner and I've always intended to go back and play it. Just never got around to it. Coder two is also one of those games that like I started. 
I hated how long it was taking to get Coder a lightsaber. Coder being Knights of the Old Republic, by the way. In yeah. I'm with Coder. Um, I hated how long it was taking to get a lightsaber, so I stopped playing. Apparently you can get it really early because my roommate played through it and he had a lightsaber like halfway through the game. I don't know. Um, Pretty much on par with where you're at in Coder 1. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I've started Mad Max like three times. Mm. I, I want to finish it, but every time I start it, something else comes out and it, I just like, I don't know. It just, it wasn't enough to hold my attention to a different game. Yeah. I was going to say, I think the two most common things for me were things just kind of get pushed to the back burner and then just enter the backlog category yeah. may or may not ever get to them is one. It either comes out in like fall or just prime drop season where there's just a crap ton of stuff coming out and I've got to pick like, this is what I'm going to play, and then I'll get to that at some point. Yeah. And then the other one is that if a game comes out that I really want to play, but I know it's going to be a huge time investment, I got to, like, prioritize different things, or I got to prioritize it, like, differently. And that's kind of like, so, like, I have, I have Persona Strikers. I want to play it, but I know it's a huge time investment, and I don't want to... Sp- like spread it out over like several months like i want to actually be able to play it so like i'm like okay so i do it over a long weekend should i do it like this summer like it's just kind of planning it that way at least in my head yeah i've got i've got persona 5 on my on my list it's it's that's that's longer than strikers bro it's 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 one of those games like i know it's 150 hours but it's also one of those Uh, royal is persona 5 is like 110 oh okay anyway it's, I know. It's, I'm not splitting hairs. It's a ridiculously right? long game. Yeah. Uh, and it's unfortunately, I, I I've never played the series, anything in the series, so like, I have nothing to get me excited about the game other than, you know, hearing you guys talk about how great it, it is. Takes, I mean, Christian can attest, and I mean, I did. It takes a second to get into it. So like, it's it's not one of those games like when remake came out, I was probably playing something else, or about to. And mm-hmm. then that overshadowed everything for me. I mean, that's what happened with me in Control. I mean, it that's was another like, one. Control came out, and then shortly after that, Borderlands Three came out, and then shortly after Borderlands Three, Kingdom Hearts Three came out. Oh yeah, Kingdom and Hearts Control 3 just took kept over. getting on, pushed on back down the line. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you a question. Do you think it's just because there's too many games that release around the same time or like we don't time manage well enough? Like why do you think we have such backlog? I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's I think, yeah, I, I don't think it's like if, if we just had time, I don't think the, yeah, the so maybe we don't have time anymore. You know, like the, the, the log wouldn't be as long as it is. Like I have watchdogs, the new one, Legion. Yeah, I haven't even touched that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure mine's still in the cellophane. Like mine is. Yeah, because you gave it to me, you shipped it to me, and I was like, "All right, cool, I'm gonna play this." But then I don't know what happened, and I just never got around to it. Well, for me, it was like oversaturation of Ubisoft. I haven't even played Ghost of Tsushima yet, and I really want to play that. Oh God, it's so good! It's so good. If you could see Christian's like aneurysm right now um i want to so badly of all time it it's, looks it's like number such three an, like, amazing game i just I, I don't know i don't know why i feel terrible and this is one of the reasons why i want to talk about this it's just like i buy all these games i want to play them but it's like i don't even know if i have time to play them anymore like i have such a backlog of it's like 
am I even gonna be able to play all these games? I don't know. Well, and I go through phases. Like I go through like like I get into like hardcore game mode where like I have to run through games. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when it's it's actually interesting. Like before COVID, uh, in the two years that I was living by myself uh, in my apartment in Charlotte, um, like. Other than work, I was just pretty much chilling. Like, unless you two were in town or whatever, like, didn't really go do things. Um, and, like, I would game quite a bit. Like, I would just breeze through games, and it really wasn't – I didn't really have a backlog. Uh, and then, like, I'll go through a phase where it'll be like, I'll just play 14. I'll just play yeah. Final Fantasy 14, and I might get a backlog there. And not even just because, like, I'm really into 14. It's just one of those games that, like... You can do other things while you're playing it. Yeah, like, I can I can run a dungeon or just stand there and, like, craft or something while I'm watching Netflix or something. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, yeah. I almost need games to be pick up and play nowadays. Yeah, and so I'll do that. And then I know that, like, it's either before or after that. Um, I get into a movie phase where like, mm-hmm. I just, I just can't, I'm just watching movies. Like I'll either go through my catalog of movies or I'll try and find new movies or whatever things I haven't watched, which that's, that's another episode backlog movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I don't have that problem because yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, hopefully I'm coming up on a point where like I could just start gaming again. Cause like, when COVID happened, like all I all I played was Animal Crossing. Dude, when COVID first happened, like when we were in quarantine, I had just come off an hour, 110 hours playing on Breath of the Wild, and I was like, okay, well, I got free time, so then I put another 80 into Nino Kuni two, and then there was another like 75 hours I put into uh, that game you just mentioned that Animal I Crossing. Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and then for whatever reason, I was like, I don't want to play games anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Animal Crossing like took over everyone's lives. Like it came at like the Mm -hmm. the oddly, like, you know, the perfect time. Yeah. And it was a way for people to quote unquote visit each other without, you know, actually being there. Uh, and yeah, it was just like a perfect storm for that game. And there was like a, a lull. So you would think that while there was a lull and things coming out because of COVID and everything, I would go through my backlog and I didn't, I didn't like, I, I've been meaning to play shadow of war for a couple years now. Really? Yeah. I, I downloaded the Witcher, which is funny. You brought up the Witcher. I downloaded the Witcher three, like four times, turned it on and was like, I'll play this another time. Dude, I legitimately got into the Witcher at one point and then I don't I know what happened and I just never picked it back up. Yeah. Like I go, I was like into it. Like I was like, okay, I'm actually getting into the story. I actually can get the combat down because there's a little bit of a learning curve with the combat. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually figured it out. I was getting into the story. I progressed. I hit a milestone in the story. Like I hit a major plot point, and I was like, all right, cool. I'm really enjoying this. And then I never picked it up again, and I don't know why. Because I enjoyed it. Uh, here's an interesting question for both of you. Uh, that goes back to our first episode. Are either of you ever going to play Cyberpunk? Is this on your backlog list? 
so mine it was um and i did want to play the game um to me it if i have even with all the updates that have come out thus far even if i went back and played now i don't think the game would live up to how i have it in my head and so now i'm just kind of on the point of i'm just gonna wait till next gen and when next gen version drops then i'm gonna well, that's what i mean like are you gonna play the game in general ever yeah no okay. i've i well i mean i say that it just it depends like as of right now i do have okay. all uh, intentions to play it so i want to say yes but i feel like it's a no really like i would still say it's on my backlog and we'll get into this i'm I was about to ask this question too i would still say it's in my backlog i would still say it's probably in the very back but it's in it's on there but I feel like it's coming close to that point where I'm like, I don't think I'm ever going to play this game. Yeah. Which kind of leads me to my topic. When do you guys drop it off your backlog and just come to the realization that you're never going to get to it? Yeah. So I have like, you know, on my phone, you know, written down, whatever, I'll have like a list. And so like when new games come out and I try, I then, and I have to like put stuff into my backlog in, in addition to what's already there. Um, I, you know, and I go through and kind of be like, all right, where does this fit in? Is this going to be the thing I play first? Is it going to be the thing I play third, whatever. And so once it gets about like five, six deep, I just, there's like a cutoff point where I'm just like, if it fell below this line, I'm just never playing it. And so like, if it's, if I have like more than like five games in my backlog and I'm like, if you hit number six, I'm just never playing you. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm a bit of a game hoarder. So well, I know that from your movies yeah. too. So. Well, I'm, a, I'm definitely well. I'm a movie collector. I'm a game uh, hoarder. There's okay. a difference. <laughs> What's the difference? The difference it sounds the same. The difference is so. Obviously, you guys uh, listening can't see it. You can kind of see my movies and yeah. Nonsense well, I mean, I've seen when you have your big bookshelf. When yeah. You're so too. I I don't buy just movies just to have movies like i buy the movies that i enjoy like if i own a movie it's because i love that movie mm-hmm. or i hate that movie and i want to i need like a good laugh okay like i own dragon ball evolution i don't think i bought it i'm pretty sure i got it at like a company picnic thing from ye old movie house oh yeah maybe um that's why I have sex drive. Yeah, we all have sex drive because of that. <laughs> On DVD, yeah. uh, the unrated version. I have, I have the Blu-ray version. Oh, I don't. I don't. One one year they upgraded to Blu-rays, and I was like, well, might as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, with the exception of like maybe like four movies that I got, you know, either from like company picnics or like somebody was just like, I don't want this anymore. Do you want it? Um, any movie I own, I like 100% have watched and have watched multiple times. Like if I buy a movie, it goes in the D like the DVD, Blu-ray player, whatever. And I watch it. Whereas games, I'm like, ah, that looks like it could be fun and I'll buy it, uh, either digitally or whatever. And it'll just collect dust. Yeah. And I've got games on that backlog that are well over two years long. Oh, uh, old. Yeah. And that I still like want to play. Yeah. So I that I think that's the difference between collecting and hoarding. It's like if you really think about it, I know I'm never gonna go play those games. The reality of it, I'm, I'll probably never play them. Which ones? 
I don't, I don't know. That's the problem. That's the difference. Like, I, there's so many. Like, I want to play Shadow of War so much. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in my heart of hearts, I'll probably never do it. Yeah, I mean, I say you say things like that, and but like, there's always that part of me, and then maybe it's the same thing with you. Is that like, you like, for instance, like, um, Cyberpunk 2077. I say yes, I want to play it, but my heart feels like no. But the reason why I say yes and why it's still in my backlog is because there could be that one random day yeah. where I'm just sitting there and I'm like, you know what? Give it a go. That's the hoarding <laughs> mentality. It's not the collector mentality. Like these, yeah. these are collectibles behind me. Yeah. You know, but I don't have like my room's not flooded with just crap. Yeah. My digital library is flooded with crap. I have well over 400 titles in my digital library, and I've probably played a third of them. I don't have that many, so that makes me feel a little better. But, again, a lot of that is PlayStation Plus free games. That is true. Okay, so I will say that there is a small chunk. There is a small chunk. 20% that is just, I downloaded it because it was free. Exactly, it was free, I downloaded it. And then there's like the the oddball games, like uh, Oddworld, where I I won't even add them to my library if they're free. Um (laughs) But no, there there are games like Shadow of War that have every voice actor that I love in them. Like it has almost, I'm pretty sure, the entire cast of Critical Role uh, in Shadow mm-hmm. of War. I probably never play it. I want to yeah. so bad, but I can't like, can't let it go. Like in the in the back of my head, I'm like, I'll need that one day. And that's what hoarders are like. They're like. Like you walk into their house and it's just like flooded with just shit and trash. And they're like, why, why do you have a box of hot pockets from the fifties? And they're like, you never know. And that's like their answer is you never know. I might need it. <laughs> I'm only laughing because I have that same mentality. Like that's a, like, that's a hundred percent where my brain's at like... when it comes to games. There needs to be like a show called like video game hoarders where just yeah. some person comes in and it's just like you need to clean your hard drive right now. <laughs> right now. You don't all, need this. You're not like, gonna play yeah. Skyrim anymore. I'm like crying as I delete all my yeah. Assassin's Creeds. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's like I have literally every single Assassin's Creed game now. Oh yeah, I bought the Ezio trilogy. I, Why? I, I don't yeah. know. I'm never gonna play I'm never gonna play them. <laughs> But part of my brain's like, one day, I might go back and see what Ezio was up to. Maybe. I'll never do it. I mean, but, I love Brotherhood. It's yeah. probably my favorite in the Assassin's Creed series. And I'm just like, I'm never going to play never that game again. Never going to play that game again. <laughs> nope, that's how it is. Like, there's so many games, man. Like, the God of War trilogy. Like, I mean, I actually might go replay a God of War trilogy. If it ever came, like, they were released I, so, on like, PS5 or something, I'd probably play it again. That's my favorite game series. So I, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's like saying, Christian, are you going to play like Ratchet and Clank again? Like, no, but probably. But no. but to to that degree, Jack and Daxter is my favorite game series. I can't tell you how many times I've downloaded any one of those games and turned it on and been like, oh, this is so nostalgic. Off. How many times have you bought <laughs> Skyrim? As many as everybody else has. Actually less because I didn't buy the Switch version. However, I've thought about it <laughs> because part of me, and again, this is the stupid like hoarder mentality of like, you know, I, I might want to do that one day, 
where I'm like, I see like, you know, the character wearing like Link's outfit, holding the Hyrule shield and, and the master <laughs> sword. And I'm like, that, that could be a really interesting gameplay uh, <laughs> aspect. And I might want to do that one day. I should, I should probably buy that. I never uh, finished Skyrim. Never beat it. And it's an easy campaign. I probably could, but it's super like, easy campaign. It's one of those things where it's like, I've become a little bit OCD or ADD or whatever you want to call it about being a completionist. And there's too many things to do in Skyrim. Yeah. 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 Most open world games. Like if I, if I know I'm going to enjoy it, um, I, I, even if it's like the campaign is 20 to 30 hours, but it's going to take you 60 hours to do everything. I'm like, all right, well, it's a 60 hour game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, like if they're uh, yeah. like, if they're like the campaign's forty five hours long, I'm like, that's not how long the game is. How long is the game? <laughs> how long? How long is the platinum? Yeah, so like, was tell Assassin's me how Creed. long it takes to get everything. Like because that, that's how I'm judging it now. <laughs> outside of the glitch that literally stopped me from progressing in Valhalla, I feel like the game was really only like fifty, maybe sixty hours long. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> if you if you ran through the story, I feel like you could probably do it in about sixty hours. Uh sixty. If you were like, because if, if you, you were... really think about it, like uh, we're talking about, you're just trucking from mission to yeah, mission. Yeah, we're just trucking mission to mission. You you only spent what like a hundred hours in the game. Yeah, it's just. So I think there was a solid forty hours of of BS side quests in that game. I mean, there was, and you can fly through those side quests um, really quickly. But the the main story takes you through most of those territories. I mean, you might you might be able to do it in sixty hours. I think if you don't you know. do any of the side quests and just barrel through story, it's like a sixty to seventy hour game. And yeah, you might be right. But I spent one hundred and fifty. There were mitig- there were mitigating circumstances there, but. <laughs> well. Random thought to end the show here, guys. I uh, saw a, a bumper sticker on the way to work today that said, eat more possum. And I didn't know you could eat possum. And the only time I'd, I've ever heard anyone talk about eating possum before was we told like, if you're going to cook something with possum, that you, you cook it all, and then you throw the possum meat out and eat the rest because possum meat is disgusting. But apparently eating possum is becoming a trend. Would you is guys it like an awesome? innuendo, or is it? Yeah, I was like, does that stand for something else? <laughs> no, no, like actual like possum, like the animal roadkill. Roadkill. Interesting. I mean, like I know the like hick mentality of like you know if you accidentally kill something on the road, just throw it in the trunk and it's your dinner now. But like, well, like if I'd... somebody was like, "Hey man, I got some possum pizza for you," I'd be like, "I'm not eating that." Yeah, I'd pass. A hard you pass. Possum pizza? Hard pass. No, not even if it was like deep fried. Not however, <laughs> I, however, I mean, while we're on the the topic of discussion, I want to be clear. I want to be clear. I'm I'm not advocating this. I wouldn't either. But like, I I prose it to some people I work with, and they were open to the idea of eating possum. Like they didn't say that they would actively seek it out, but like if somebody gave it to them, they would try it. Yeah. So, I mean, speaking of things that like I would never try um, that, I guess some people like, you know, your coworkers would was Ashley, you know, was out on her, you know, field excursion this past summer Mm -hmm. and was given the option to try. um, Oh, my 
had. What's it called? Mountain oysters. Bull, bull testicles? testicles? Yes. So it's yeah, fried Rocky bull Mountain testicles. Oysters. Rocky Mountain oysters? Yes. And she yeah. freaking tried it. I was like, that is disgusting. I'm not kissing you for yeah. at least like a uh, couple weeks. Tune in next that. week, guys, to find out how the divorce trial went. <laughs> <laughs> it's a delicacy in like Colorado. It's the. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. yeah. Just, it made yeah. me want to like. It ha- I had like a reflex just hearing that she said that she ate it. Yeah. My coworker said they would eat possum. So I guess maybe they would eat Rocky Mountain oysters. They also said they would try panda and bear. Yeah. That's that, a- you know, obviously the conversation didn't end with possum. Well, see, that's weird though. Cause like I feel like the, the idea of eating a panda or eating a bear sounds more appealing than eating a possum. You need me. a panda? Yeah. You need a panda express. <laughs> that's not actual panda. That's not actual panda you're eating. Anyway. I feel like that's part of the marketing there. That was a good random thought to end on, Tim. I just want to know if you'd eat possum, that's all. Yeah, no. I mean, Christian talked about blending pizza last week. I thought we should just end on another random note. Yeah, I like like where your head's at, man. We should make this a regular thing. I agree. Every week we should just end on the most completely random off-topic note. (laughs) <laughs> anyway with that being said that's going to wrap up our episode this week uh thanks for listening to some kind of podcast uh please make sure you like share subscribe and leave a comment below if you'd like to reach out to us you can find us on facebook and twitter at sko entertainers or visit our website www.skoentertainment.net for more information also check out our twitch channel for some kind of entertainment where we play games occasionally and finally don't forget to join us next week because even on the best of days We all need some kind of entertainment. Bye. See you. See you guys.